Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast, the opponent preview. Oh, wait, I forgot Amazon Web Services. Okay. Three, two. Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. The opponent preview series rolling on here. Ethan Greenberg and EA talking about the Jets matchup with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. And we're joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holthus, who knows everything there needs to know about the Chiefs, considering he's worked there for over 25 years. And EA, I think on paper, this is the most difficult matchup for the Jets when you consider, one, the team that they're playing, two, the schedule that leads up to this matchup, and three, they're on the road against the Super Bowl defending champions. We're taping this in early June. Right now, odds makers have the Kansas City Chiefs an 11.5-point favorite over the New York Jets in Week 8. Hey, bottom line is this is a team who just won the Super Bowl last year, and they are the favorite to go back and represent the AFC and win a second consecutive title. But obviously, you don't play the games on paper. They're going to have to maneuver throughout the regular season, and they want to get that number one seed at Arrowhead Stadium. Remember, the NFL playoff field expanding this year, so seven teams out of the AFC will advance to the postseason, but only one team has a playoff by, and that will be the number one seed. But listen, this team is stocked. Um, they have the game's most dynamic player at the most important position in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he has plenty of speed and talent around him offensively and then defensively they have a number of very good vets and they played well down the stretch last year and you got to give the Chiefs a lot of credit what they did defensively in the Super Bowl because they gave Mahomes and company a chance to get back in that game in the fourth quarter because they did a decent job bottom line on paper not a lot of weaknesses here they are the NFL's number one team heading into 2020. Okay, well, let's hear from Mitch Holthus, the voice of the Chiefs, to get his thoughts on this matchup and the Chiefs in general and what the NFL can expect from the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020. I wanted to start off with a matchup-specific question, but not in terms of the Jets, mainly in terms of all the Chiefs' opponents. How do you dethrone or just beat the Kansas City Chiefs on any given Sunday? Well, I, I can't tell you that. It's it's right behind. <laughs> I mean, it's the secret sauce, right? It's the uh, the one that's hidden in the vault underneath Fort Knox. You know, this team has been incredibly successful now for seven years. I think it's just kind of been a lost story around the National Football League within the division since the beginning of 2015. The Chiefs are 27 and three in the AFC West. And the only three losses have been on Thursday nights. They haven't lost a Sunday division game since 2014. And that was an AFC West now that included a 12-4 and Charger team, a 12-4 and Raider team, and a Bronco team that won the world championship in 2015. So the Chiefs haven't lost all that much. Uh, if you're going to have what they went through a, a downturn last year, but they had 13 starters miss significant time due to injury, 190 lost quarters uh, from starters. I guess that's how you do it uh, if you're going to try to beat them. But uh, it's going to take a lot to beat this team. This team is very good. And 
I don't say this um, to be arrogant or to be a homer, that they have a chance, guys, to be better in, in many ways in 2020. I think they'll be better defensively, and if they stay healthy, this group, this is a strong, strong group now in every phase. No weakness on this team. Tom Brady no longer with the New England Patriots. So, Mitch, is this the dawn of the NFL's next great dynasty? Well, I think we have to be careful with that one. Now, you got to also remember the Jets fans I know have been cheering for us uh, when we played the uh, Pats in the playoffs, but the Chiefs in 2018 were this close. They had Brady beaten in Arrowhead with an interception, and there was an offside penalty on D4, now the 49ers, that basically ended or took the game, elongated the game and went to overtime. Chiefs never got the football in overtime and the Pats won and won that sixth title. But this was this close, literally, from Brady throwing three picks in that game, the narrative being changed dramatically, and the Chiefs were really that close to having back-to-back titles. Now, nobody's done the back-to-back, we all know, since the Patriots after the 03 and 04 season. So I think we have to be careful with the dynasty talk, but... There there is a strong foundation here with this team, not only on the roster, but with the coaching staff and with the leadership, uh, which is something I really think when you study the Jets that they're trying to emulate. Mitch, let me ask you this. One, can you just elaborate on that a little bit, the relationship between Brett Veach and Andy Reid and how that has played a part in the Chiefs' success? And then the second part of this, you mentioned an improved defense. Well, how do you simply evaluate this defense? Because obviously when you think of the Chiefs, you think of the offense with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, let's take the last part first, if you don't mind. The Chiefs' defense in the last half of the regular season was second in the National Football League in points allowed, only to the Ravens, and it was one less point. And when you look at the playoffs, there were some yards given up, but the defense made incredible stops when they had to. You got The Chiefs were down by 24 points in a divisional playoff game and won by 20, down by 10 in the AFC Championship game, won by 11, and down by 10 in Super Bowl 54 with seven minutes and 15 seconds to go and won by 10. We look at that, or 11, we look at that as – hey, the offense was great and made a surge, but there were defensive stops, had to be made, multiple defensive stops in all three of those games. In Super Bowl 54, there were four incredible stops made, one after the other, by this Chiefs defense, which now has some alpha dogs at up front with the Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew in the secondary. you got emerging young players, and you signed a linebacker in the draft in Willie Gay Jr., that to me looks like a bit of a uh, replica of Derek Johnson, who was an awesome player here for uh, over a decade. So I do think the Chiefs have a chance to be almost as explosive on defense as they are on offense. And then a second year in Steve Spagnuolo's system, I think will be very helpful. Um, Now let's go back to your first part of the question, which I really think becomes the lead paragraph when you connect the Chiefs and the Jets. Because again, it's an underrated story that in, a matter of days in 2013 at the beginning of that calendar that year, uh, when Andy Reid was hired, there was a major transformation of this franchise because of a an incredible, and I think the best in the league, communication and right-minded leadership from ownership in Clark County being the chairman and CEO to Mark Donovan, the president, to Andy Reid, the head coach, to Brett Veach, the general manager, and his predecessor, John Dorsey. There wasn't this back and forth of who's in charge or, hey, I'm the smartest guy in the room. There was none of that. It's been this flow of energy and cooperation that really set the foundation for what's happened. And what's happened is seven years of winning. Uh, this team's worst year, year in seven years is nine and seven. 
And to win the division title four consecutive years, to win a Super Bowl, be this close to uh, playing for Super Bowl 53 championship puts everything in perspective. But I think, and that's what I see what the Jets trying to do. And that's why I think last year there were actually some things put in place. And of course, it depends on Sam, right? Uh, Sam's got to become Mahomes. But there's also, it looks to me, in studying it from afar, from half a, co uh, a country away, that it looks like they're trying to do that as well with what Joe has done with Adam Gaze and with leadership and with the ownership of the team. I mean, I could see this year for that division being like the 2002 year when the Jets won the division, but they tied at nine and seven with two nine and seven teams. And the fourth place team was eight and eight. And that's almost in, I think, in the realm of possibility in 2020 for that division. Let's stay on the connections between the Jets and the Chiefs, Mitch. Why has Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes been a match made in heaven? And with that being said, can the Jets expect Sam Darnold to take the next step because he can embrace the continuity of staying in the same offensive system for the second year with Adam Gase now? Yeah, it's a phenomenal question. And again, I think there's a bigger story here. Patrick Mahomes had... Uh, the chance, though, to apprentice for a year. Alex Smith was willing to teach him, and Patrick Mahomes was willing to learn. Patrick Mahomes, we know, is a phenomenal talent, but he is surrounded, in my opinion, with the NFL's version of NASA scientists, <laughs> with the lead guy being Andy Reid. Andy Reid is brilliant. Now, what Andy Reid has done is what's taken the, has taken what the college football uh, game has given him the RPO game, the spread game, and integrated into what the NFL requires. You can't run that stuff with protection schemes in your division or our division or the NFL, or Sam won't make it to week three. It's a matter of, because Adam Gaze, Adam Gaze now has, has got a brilliant mind. I mean, he's got a great reputation. We played against him when he was the offensive coordinator for the Broncos in 13 and 14, played against him when he was head coach of the Dolphins in 17. But it's a, it's a coordination of those two minds coming together and then surrounding them with continuity and innovation basically within the staff. It's why the Chiefs are so incredibly hard to defend. Andy Reid, in studying some of his concepts offensively, he, he almost does it mathematically. It's like he's got algorithms like going in his head. But it's why Belichick, he, he scored 40 or more on Belichick three times as the Chiefs coach. So... It's putting the talent with the scheme and having this understanding going back and forth where there's this dialogue and almost a sixth sense between the two. And Andy Reid continues to work on it. So does Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes was not ready to go when he got here, in my opinion, in 2017. But that apprentice year and the continuing just buffing and polishing of his game and understanding. He had tremendous growth, you guys, in 2019 over 2018. And in 2018, Pat had the 50-touchdown, 5,000-yard year. He was better in 2019 because he had to grind through injuries and all kinds of defensive schemes. I mean, the Jets will do it to him, too. They threw it, not only the kitchen sink, it's the whole kitchen. And yet he had to fight through that, and he's become even a better quarterback. But it's that coordination with the staff around him and working so closely with Andy Reid. And I mean, really working closely. They're almost like-minded. I don't mean this facetiously, but is there anything that Patrick Mahomes needs to improve on entering next season? Well, it's interesting because I've got to think about that one. In 2019, it was understanding time score situation. I'll give you an example. The Seattle 
uh, game. We played in 18. Uh, there's been this battle back and forth between the two stadia, which one's louder. Guinness Book of World's Record, I think, is playing us against each other. But we go up to Seattle to play a key game. They have to have it in their division race, and we're trying to win our division. And uh, it's a, it, it places a firestorm. And Patrick Mahomes on a third down and seven has a guy wide open at 12 yards. He tries to throw one of those sidearm fire shots down the field into coverage to Demarcus Robinson. Incomplete, three and out. Chiefs have to punt. Firestorm. Chiefs defense in 2018 was okay, not as good as the 19 or 20 will be, and the Seahawks score. Now, all of a sudden, you're playing uphill. And I said, time score situation. He also forced a ball into the end zone at, uh, near halftime against the Patriots uh, in a knockdown drag out game with them in Foxborough that dictated the game with the Chiefs almost won, but they had to fight uphill. I said, it's understanding time score situation. He did that. He did that in 2019. And we saw it in the Super Bowl. The other thing he kept doing is just kept he did not get impatient. He stayed with his game, stayed within the scheme, even though for three quarters he's getting, you know, his stuff handed to him. And then he made the key play in the fourth quarter. So I'm not sure in 2020 what the next step would be in this sense, if staying healthy. I mean, I think he's worked on what it takes now as an NFL quarterback, because he got hit a lot last year. He's had a lot of hits and pressures on him in two years. Working on his body and preparing physically to get even better physically. Uh, the dislocated kneecap was a little bit of a freak injury last year in Denver. However, he missed two and three-fourths games for the team. And when he came back, he was somewhat limited because the Chiefs couldn't run all their RPO game to effectiveness. So for him, and it sounds maybe a non-sexy answer for you guys, but I think it's a matter of him just continuing to work physically to be that uber NFL quarterback because teams are coming after him now with all kinds of pressures and blitzes. Oh, great segue because the Jets have a defensive coordinator who likes to get after the quarterback in Greg Williams. But with that being said, is it kind of counterintuitive, but against the Chiefs, do you have to bring it or do you have to force them to take the underneath stuff because they present so many challenges. We've been talking about Patrick Mahomes a lot, but the speed around him, this perfect complement of skill position talent, Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins is back. Travis Kelsey is such an outstanding tight end. Then you draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of LSU in the first round. And you think about the Chiefs, well, maybe they, they couldn't run the ball tremendously in between the tackles. And now they bring in a kid out of LSU who's seemingly on perfect uh, on paper, the perfect fit. How do you go about defending this team? What kind of defenses has present has presented the most challenges for the Chiefs? Man, uh, gosh, the last two years, I'm trying to think. I mean, you just really have to mitigate your circumstances uh, from the standpoint of there's no one thing you can do. I think Greg would would agree with that if he's breaking down video with you. You just have to take your chances and hope you can win that down. You almost have to play it down by down because what Patrick Mahomes can do is overcome every down and distance. The Wasp play was third and 15 in Super Bowl 54. And everybody's were gasping in Miami of like, wow, how did well, he converted third and 22. We've seen him convert second and 25 for a touchdown against the Patriots. Uh, we've seen him uh, 
so every down and distance, you, you you almost have to you have to be disciplined enough within your scheme and change it up enough. If you're Greg Williams to go, we're going to try to play this card. We're going to try to play the queen of diamonds now. And I hope that takes the trick. Uh, and you have to be as calculated as you can. But I'm telling you guys, straight up, I've seen teams every week throw everything into the Chiefs, and still there's a way many times that they'll overcome it. Um, and because they do have all those weapons, they can hit. Here's what the Chiefs have done and what other teams are trying to do is they attack you geometrically. They will find weak spots in your algorithm and disprove it. The other thing they do is they will attack you vertically and horizontally effectively hmm. see people say it's the west coast offense and andy reed comes from a little bit of that background but he's really changed it and he's changed it because of the four by 100 meter relay team that he sends out of the huddle that means your defense will get stretched side to side and vertically you have to hope maybe this is the time we get pressure on him to uh, get a sack and try to get him as, as much as possible into a disadvantage um, or hope our guys in the back end can make a play. But week by week by week by week, when I study the video, I see a lot of this from defensive sidelines and players. And I'll watch the coaches' turf, uh, version of, of the video. It's, so I get to see some of the sidelines, not only all 22, but you'll see a lot of this. Like, what are we supposed to do? I mean, we have the bright scheme called. Now, Edwards Hilaire um, adds a Darren Sproles element to this offense. Darren Sproles is a hero here, too. He was an All-American at Kansas State, grew up in Olathe, which is the suburbs the other way from where Greg's from, Excelsior Springs. But he had a fabulous career. We all know that in the NFL. But his body size and strength and his skill set is what Clyde Edwards-Alaire looks like he brings to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And that's one more element now where teams have tried to double Tyreek Hill. They try to double Travis Kelsey. Um, we're going to shade the protection this way and try to to, to uh, blitz Mahomes the other way. And I think that, uh, honestly, um, it's just a matter of you got to try it. We're going to try this and hope it works. Um and in the and in the Super Bowl, there was great pressure by the 49ers. That's that was an Nick Bosa is a player now, and they're coming with Eric Armstead and Buckner and others. I mean, that's that was as good a defensive front as there is in the National Football League, and still they found ways to make plays and converted a third and fifteen. That's why I'm telling you this this offense is very unique, and it does not set there. It's not waiting. It's trying to develop even more and more and more, and that's the genius of Andy Reid. But I like what the Chiefs are doing at the safety position with Tyron Matthew, of course, and Juan Thornhill had a great year last year. You talked about Frank Clark, who can bring the pressure off the edge, but I got to ask you about Chris Jones. Just how good of an interior player is he? He was dominant in the Super Bowl because the Jets revamped offensive line have to take care of him. Well, you guys don't have him in the city uh, as much, but we just we study uh, wind energy, right? And if you come out to the Chiefs' kingdom, I'll take you to a, a wind farm. Uh, the reason I say Chris Jones is one of those wind turbines, right? There's these big propellers that just his wingspan is seven, uh, seven and a half feet. We have also a player played at Villanova. Uh, Tano Passigno, who's been a very effective player for us, can play both inside and outside. His wingspan is seven and a half feet. When those two guys stand fingertip to fingertip, they are hash mark to hash mark. And it was a big part of the, the uh, Super Bowl uh, turnaround because Chris Jones was just swatting down passes uh, from Garoppolo in those four key stops that I alluded to about 10 paragraphs ago. 
So Chris Jones is an explosive player. Uh, he is difficult to block one-on-one. His -on -one. Uh, improvement in the run game is, is steadily growing, but mainly it's his disruption at the line of scrimmage with that big, long arm span. Um, to me, it is the most devastating non-stat play in the National Football League because we list it as just PD, pass deflected. And you can look at the jet stats and go right down the defensive guys and go, oh, six PDs. Or, well, it should be what was the result of that PD? Because many times when you watch the video, that pass knockdown at the line of scrimmage it's probably going to be a 50-yard gain down the field. And if you watch Super Bowl 54 and look at it from a bigger version, look at what those batted passes down by Chris Jones of the line of scrimmage were going to possibly and probably lead to for the 49ers. So Chris Jones is a fabulous player, great athlete, explosive athlete, but it's mainly that wingspan, and it's like trying to throw a, you know, a football through a, a giant fan. EA, it feels like, you know, where do you start with this team? Do you want to start with talking about Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Miko Harvin, Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire? You want to talk about Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones and Frank Clark? It's really a pick-your-poison type of matchup here for the Jets. You got to be on your A-plus game to go into Kansas City and defeat this team. Although I will state that the Chiefs were just 5-3 and three at home in the regular season. But remember, Patrick Mahomes played 14 games last season. And offensively, they put so much pressure on you because they can score at any time. And the other point of the matter is that if you get a lead on them, they're never out of it. So... It's a daunting task, and if you ever were going to play a perfect game, you might have to play a perfect game to beat Kansas City there. But listen, no team in the National Football League, I think, is going to go 16-0 anytime uh, soon. Uh, we saw the Patriots do it a few years ago. And this team is awfully good, but I think the recipe for a win is getting a couple turnovers there in Kansas City and Sam Darnold playing out of his mind and hopefully keep the ball away from Mahomes and company. But when you have it, Greens, you got to score. And I feel like to that point, you got to put up seven and not three. I mean, I feel like this is one of those games where you want to control the time of possession by a wide margin to make sure that the ball is not in the hands of Patrick Mahomes and company. Because to your point, even if you have an early lead on the Chiefs, they're not out of it ever, right? I mean, the Super Bowl is the most recent and most evident example of that. But I'm sure, as Mitch alluded to, if you cover this team week in and week out with Patrick Mahomes, they're in every game. This is on paper a daunting matchup for not only the Jets, but really I feel like every team in the NFL. Well, yeah, I, I think if you're going to play the Chiefs, you'd like to get them at home. This is tough. It, 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 and you're going to measure yourself up against both of last year's Super Bowl teams in the first half of the season. We talked about the 49ers here early in the series. That's your home opener. But uh, I enjoyed that interview with Mitch so much because he talked about the importance of structure and what the Jets have going for them right now. I think they got it properly placed. They got CEO Christopher Johnson president Jaime Elhai on the business side. And then, of course, Joe Douglas, the GM, who's been here 
for just one calendar year. And then, of course, Adam Gase entering his second season. So you like that dynamic on paper because you have Gase and Sam Darnold, the 23-year-old quarterback, entering year two together. So continuity on offense. You have Joe Douglas who and Adam Gase who have both raved about the way their staffs work together in the offseason. And Jaime Elhai has been on board here for a little bit more than a year in his current position. But from a Jets perspective, long-term, you you like that structure. Uh, the Jets, I think, have put themselves in position where, hey, there's no reason why they can't compete for a playoff spot. But uh, Kansas City, this is a true measure. Andy, a., the Chiefs could have been back-to-back Super Bowl champions, definitely could have been back-to-back AFC representatives in the Super Bowl, which is also something scary to think about because, like Mitch said, that the Chiefs could be better in 2020. And that was another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services, the opponent preview series. Next up, talking about the Tom Brady list, New England Patriots. Patriots.